Good morning. Good morning. My name is Adam. I'm so pleased that you are with us. I say with us in this disconnected but yet connected way. So grateful for the tech that we have that enables some sense of connection at this time. We miss you, uh, but this is better than nothing. So thank you for being with us today, wherever you are. Maybe if you haven't yet, introduce yourself in the comments. If you're watching on social media, say hello. Uh, sometimes it's a great way of connecting just across the social media page. So by all means, do use that to say hello. We are living in such strange times. And I'm guessing by now, many of us have got bored of the same conversations about pandemic and school and virus and what we can do and what we can't do. And we are living in such unbelievably strange times. But I have hope in God and that changes situations and circumstances. Last week, I introduced what's going to be a six-week mini-series along the lines of what now? This question that everyone is asking, what now? What's happening now? For some, it's families making decisions about school. For some, it's about employment or uncertainty or finance or just what's going to happen in the world and when can we travel like we used to? This question, what now, feels so relevant and I believe that, as always, the answer can be found in the Word of God, which isn't just the text of God, but tells us of the heart of God. So we're going to explore this over the next six weeks. Last week, I introduced it with this short passage in the book of Psalms. In Psalm 39, verse 7, it says this, But now, Lord, what do I hope for? My hope is in you. In some translations, it says, and now, or what now, which feels like what we might be saying now. What now? We don't actually know the answer. But as the psalm says, my hope is in the Lord. We're going to explore this over the next six weeks. So today I want to look at it from the example and the lifestyle and the teaching and the, the, the way that Jesus lived. What example does he give us? I made a comment previously that now, for some people, is quite a hard place to live. For some of us, we quite like the idea of planning the next, the scheduled, the aims and aspirations and objectives and where we're going. I like those kind of things. I like to organize my calendar. I like to plan ahead. Even my recreation and leisure time, I plan ahead. So the idea that we can't plan the next, because at the moment, we don't know when next might begin, can be quite disturbing. But what does it mean to live in the now, to be present in the now, where our hope is in the Lord, even when we can't see what's going to happen next? I'm one of those persons who struggled sometimes with the now. I recently had a day off, and I did something that I never do. I can't remember the last time I did this. I left the day unplanned. I didn't organize anything. I left the day completely empty. The night before, I went to bed, as I often do. And often as I'm going to bed, in my head, there's something of this conversation going along the lines of, uh, what are you doing tomorrow? Where do I need to be by what time? And the response, my inner monologue was saying, 
Nothing's planned. Now, it doesn't mean to say I'm not going to do anything, but nothing was planned. It was empty. Now, some people watching this are like, my day off is always like that. I always leave it empty and see what comes along. We're different people. But I believe that God can connect and show us what he's doing in both the now and the next. So here's a challenge for people like myself who sometimes find more comfort in our ability to plan ahead and to strategize and to come up with aims and aspirations. The challenge is this. So often in life, some of the best moments happen in the spontaneous, in the unplanned and in the unscheduled. Moments like when we fall in love. For my wife and I, when we found out the news that uh, a baby was on its way, it was an unplanned, wonderful moment. And there are many other moments in life, massive moments, life-changing moments, and they're unplanned, and they're spontaneous, and they happen in the now. I want to encourage you, especially if you're one of these persons who likes to plan the next and struggles sometimes to embrace the now, that don't miss what might be happening in not just the now, but this now. Many of us in our pockets carry around what could be considered the most advanced distraction device we've ever known. We are so easily distracted. We so easily run the risk of missing what might be happening in this moment, in the now. What if we were too busy to embrace it, to enjoy it, to see it? We could miss it. I don't want us to miss what God might be doing in this moment. I don't want you to miss what God might be doing in your life at this moment. And as is always the best place to start, we are going to explore the example, the way that Jesus showed us. What does it mean for Jesus to live in the now? We're going to explore quite a lot of scripture. Last week, I introduced this series, and we just camped down in this small psalm, Psalm 39, and this small portion of Psalm 39, verse 7. This week, we are going to tour the second half of Luke's gospel, which is one of these stories of the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. For some of you, you know some of these stories. I want to encourage you not just to hear the familiar texts, but to consider what did this look like in the now? I want you to imagine it in the immediate setting of the now. What did this look like? And what does this show us? Jesus describes himself as the way. And in many ways, he shows us the way, which is the way to live. So if you've got your Bibles, turn to Luke 9. If you haven't, it's going to appear on the screen. We are going to tour Luke's gospel. If it was possible to get air miles from the amount of travel, which we are going to occur during this passage, this idea, today is going to be a day where we are going to really rack up some miles. I believe that Jesus is showing us the way to live. I believe Jesus is showing us something in these ancient texts that is so relevant to your life situation and my life situation in the now. 
So, Luke 9. And we're going to start with verse 51. And it's a short passage. And it says this. As the time approached for him, that is Jesus, to be taken up to heaven, Jesus resolutely set out for Jerusalem. In the previous nine passages of Luke's gospel, who Jesus is has been revealed. He is the Messiah, the Son of God, the hope of the world, the one everyone's been waiting for. And that's been demonstrated and established. And from now on, there is this sense of his mission and his purpose is laid out. Jesus has come to earth to make a sacrifice to repair the consequences of our wrongdoing, to build a bridge that we couldn't build to connect us with God. And it leads to this sacrifice and this cross that is ahead of him. And at this point in Luke's gospel, Jesus knows where he's going and it's going to happen there. And it says with such strong language of tone, Jesus resolutely set out for Jerusalem. You hear the sense of determined focus. For those of us that like the idea of planning the next, we like this Jesus. This is the Jesus who says, I am going in this direction. For some of us, we're like, yes, I like that kind of planning and forward thinking. However, Jesus was so available and so present in the now I want to show you what happens next. From Luke 9, when it says Jesus resolutely set out to Jerusalem, to Luke 19, where it says Jesus arrived in Jerusalem. There is this clear, defined sense of mission, purpose, goal. We're going over here. But what happens in the now? What happens along the way? What happens in the spontaneous, the unscheduled, the unplanned? The first example we see in Luke 9:57 and this is a blueprint for everything that's going to follow it says this this is just after we've read that Jesus resolutely set out for Jerusalem verse 57 it says this as they were walking along the road a man said to him i will follow you wherever you go if you read on in this conversation it leads on to Jesus talking about well some people have got big homes and some people have got this, and he uses this analogy, foxes have homes, and the birds of air have nests, but the Son of Man is doing this. And the teaching goes on that you're going to have to pay a price to follow me, and it's going to cost you, and you're going to have to leave things behind. And this is this blueprint for this invitation that Jesus repeatedly gave, that you're going to have to leave some things behind, and some of them are going to be good because following me isn't always going to be easy. And there's this blueprint of an invitation that Jesus gave this person. And it happened in verse 57. And again, remember the context. Imagine the setting. Consider the now. As they were walking along the road. Six passages earlier, it says Jesus resolutely set out for Jerusalem. Not passages, verses. Six verses later, it says, as they were walking along the road, there is this interruption. There is this spontaneous, unplanned conversation. And in that setting, this profound teaching of Jesus unravels. 
and it happened in the now. It wasn't planned. We don't know of that. Jesus wasn't so determined to Jerusalem that he ignores this man. And he says, no, I can't listen to you because I'm going here and I've got to go on a mission. That's all true. That's not in question. But he's so available in the now that this incredible teaching happens, to quote verse 57, as they were walking along the road. A modern 2020 version, maybe not 2020, maybe 2019, might read something like, as they were standing at the grocery store, at the, waiting to pay for their food. Jesus got into this conversation. Or as they were going into the gym and getting changed. Or as they were talking to their neighbor across the fence. Do you hear how normal this is? Almost mundane very average, very ordinary, probably your life this week, even in 2020, some of these things you're doing as they were walking along the road, as they were talking to their neighbors, their friends, as they were sitting outside, as they were washing their car, as they were buying groceries, as they were going to the pharmacy. These very ordinary moments. And in that moment, in the now, Jesus did something profound. I want to explore this further. I'll tell you a story first. I'm a great believer that what we teach needs to be lived in, in our life examples. I'm a member of the YMCA, and uh, not so much recently, but previously, I would swim very frequently. And about six months ago, I was swimming, and there was an uh, older person that, that I've met a few times, and I was speaking to him, and he was speaking to me, and he was telling me about uh, his illnesses and his conditions, and they were going downhill. And it, he, he wasn't very well. And I was listening, and he made the comment. He said, well, I'm probably coming to the end of my life. I've certainly got more days behind me than I have ahead. And then he stopped. And I said, Bob, do you know where you're going next? And he looked at me like, wow, what a question. I've got to say, I heard the words coming out of my lips, and I thought, did I just say that out loud? I said, do you know where you're going next? And it led into this conversation about, I believe that Jesus loves us and has a hope for us and that this life isn't the end of the story. And led into an incredible conversation about Jesus and the hope that we have for those that invite him in. The hope that we have that this life isn't the end and that there is a hope beyond this life. It was one of those stories that happened along the way that, to quote verse 57, happened as they were walking along the road. I want to show you many more of these stories by the life and example of Jesus. What I'm going to do is I'm going to introduce the passages. For those of you that like to take notes, maybe scribble the notes down, the, the passages down, and read them later yourself. I'm going to tell you what happened, and I'm going to read an extract from that passage. Again, I want you to imagine what's happening in the now, in Jesus' now. So the first one, Luke 10, verse 1. There is this moment where there is the appointing and sending out of the 72. The disciples of Jesus are growing in number. There's more than 12 or 72. And Jesus is commissioning them and sending them out to go and do some of the things that he has been doing and saying and teaching. And in Luke 10 verse 1, it describes it in the now like this. After this conversation, there's a casual conversation with a group of people who are around Jesus. 
And this moment leads to the sending out of the 72. Later on in Luke 10, there is a response to a spontaneous question about eternal life. Jesus answered that response by telling the story that many of us know as the parable of the Good Samaritan. That story, that teaching, was a response to a spontaneous question that happened along the way in the now. Luke 10, verse 38, there is the story of Mary and Martha, these two sisters who have a meal and happen to invite Jesus to the meal. And Jesus attends, and Mary sits and listens at his feet, which was a profound statement in the time. Women didn't do that. But Mary has chosen to do that, and Jesus affirms her in doing that, welcomes her, and says she's chosen well. She can do the things that the men can do. And it's described in Luke, uh, Luke 10, verse 38, is, as Jesus and his disciples were on their way. And unplanned, hey, what are you doing for dinner? Mary's, Martha's cooking. Do you want to join us? Luke 11, verse 12, there is this spontaneous but yet profoundly well-known teaching on the teaching of the Lord's Prayer. This is the context. This is what the now looked like. Luke 11, verse 2, one day Jesus was praying. When he had finished praying, one of his disciples asked him, Lord, could you teach us to pray too? We get this incredible, profound teaching on the Lord's Prayer, and it was a spontaneous response to a question where someone said, hey, you're, you look really good at praying. Could you, could you teach us to do it too? It happened in the now. Some more examples. Luke 11, verse 14, Jesus drove out a demon. The passage says this, Jesus knew the thoughts of the crowds, so he taught them that a house cannot be divided between dark and light. He knew what was going on in the minds of the people in the now. The response and the miracle flowed out of that moment, that unscheduled moment. Luke eleven thirty five. there is an analogy about lighting a lamp and putting it on a stand. Again, an unplanned, unscheduled teaching that many of us know well. Luke eleven thirty seven. there is a spontaneous rebu rebuke of a religious leader again at a meal. The passage says this, a Pharisee, which is a religious person, invited him to eat with him. So he went and reclined at the table. The passage even paints a picture that Jesus is just chilling out, leaning back hanging out, and there's this conversation that leads to this religious rebuke where Jesus is saying, God isn't interested in your religious practices or traditions. He's interested in your heart. This profound teaching happened while Jesus is leaning back on his chair at an unplanned meal. Luke 12, verse 22, Jesus teaches people not to worry. How timely and welcome is that teaching. And again, it happened along the way. Luke 12, 35, he teaches them to be watchful and to interpret the signs. Luke 13, verse 10, Jesus teaches on a Sabbath and heals a woman who was unwell. This caused great offense in that moment. The passage is described as this. And a woman was there who just happened to be crippled. Very casual, very ordinary, very along the way. Luke 14, there is the parable of the banquet table in heaven, 
which is this incredible picture where Jesus is saying God wants to invite everybody to attend the meal. And some of the people that you wouldn't think are going to get an invite, they all get an invite too. And this incredible invitation that portrays the heart of God is a response to a spontaneous invitation to a meal. Luke 15, verse 1, we read that there's tax collectors and sinners and all these people that are gathering around Jesus. People that you wouldn't expect to be gathering around somebody like Jesus, but Jesus welcomed them. And in that unusual crowd, Jesus gives the teaching of the lost sheep and the lost coin and the lost son. These famous Sermons, analogies, pictures, parables happened along the way. Luke 16, verse 19, Jesus tells a story of a rich man and a beggar. And he basically says, it's not about the money that you have now, but it's about the heart that you have for God happened along the way. Luke 17, verse 5, Jesus' followers are doubting themselves as many of us do at times. And we overhear a conversation, and the conversation goes like this. In Luke 17, verse 5, the conversation is, Lord, could you increase our faith? Which is such a heartfelt, private conversation, a prayer where a disciple says to Jesus along the way, could you increase our faith? And Jesus says, yes. He tells a story about a mustard seed, the tiniest of seeds, which is this incredible analogy that says if you've got just the smallest seed, God can use that. This teaching, this story, this conversation happened in the now along the way. Luke 18 verse 15, Jesus famed, let the little children come to me statement. Happened because there's lots of people moving around and some people brought babies to Jesus. And it says in the text, people were bringing babies to Jesus. Unplanned, unscheduled, happened in the now. And in that, we get this incredible picture where Jesus says, I love all the children. I love all life. They are all important to me. Bring them to me. In Luke 18, verse 35, we read that there is a blind beggar who receives his sight. Incredible miracle. It's described in the passage as this, in Luke 18, verse 35, the setting describes this. As Jesus approached Jericho, as Jesus was walking along the road. Again, our example might be talking to a neighbor, washing the car at the grocery store. Luke 19, we're nearly there. Zacchaeus, who was described as a terrible person, a sinner and a thief, meets Jesus. He has this incredible moment where he invites Jesus to dinner. The passage says this, Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through, but he stopped and he went to Zacchaeus' house for dinner. He was on his way somewhere else. He was passing through, but there's another invitation for dinner. And Jesus says, yeah, I'll go with this because Jesus is present in the moment. He's present in the now he is available, accessible, attainable for anybody and everybody. And then finally, Luke 19, verse 28, we read this. Jesus comes to Jerusalem. 
10 passages earlier, we read, Jesus resolutely set out for Jerusalem, the goal, the next. And all of these incredible moments, conversations, teachings, teachings, sermons, parables, stories, healings, they all happened along the way. They all happened in the now, in the unscheduled, in the unplanned. Have you noticed something? Jesus is doing something. He is showing us an example. He's showing me an example. He is showing you an example that, yes, it's good to plan ahead. But so often God is doing something in this moment. And if we are available, if we are accessible, if we are aware and if we are willing to embrace it, we may see God do something remarkable in the now if we are available. Jesus is showing us to maintain focus and our focus isn't on Jerusalem. Our focus is on him. Don't look back. Don't spend too much time planning ahead. By all means, resolutely set out a goal. But be present in this day, in this moment. Be open to the now, the unplanned conversations, the stories, the miracles. To quote Luke 9 verse 57, that so often happen as they were walking along the road. So how do we do this? How do you do this? May I encourage you today to look around. May I encourage you to be present in your now. As we ask the question, what now? Be present in your now. And may I encourage you not just to be present, and to be attentive, but to be willing. Do you see the willingness of Jesus to accept the spontaneous dinner invitations, to have the conversation with somebody, to see that there's somebody sick and not just pass by, even though at times he is just passing through? May I encourage you that to be fully used by God, we need to be available in the present, and we need to be willing to respond in the present. That's important. So look around, be present and be willing. I believe that today is a good day where we can experience God in the now. I believe that today is a day where God can use us. And often it may change somebody else's now in a profound way. That is the story of Luke 9 to Luke 19. Incredible changes that happen along the way. So may you be like Jesus in Luke 9. May you set your face forward. And in this instance, set your face on Jesus, his example and his life. And as we saw in verse 57, may you be open to the now that is very likely to happen as you are walking along the road. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the example of Jesus. 
who embraced the now, who embraced the uncertainty of this moment, aware that he wasn't alone, that you were with him. And as your spirit is with us, we are not alone either. Lord, may we be present in the now. May we be available to see what you're doing. And may we be willing to be participators of what you are doing in our lives and in the lives of those around us. Amen. Thank you for joining us. If you've got questions, if you would like prayer, send us a message again, either through the website, uh, email the office at sscma.com or using the social media pages. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to connect with you. If prayer would help, we want to be available to you. Thank you so much for joining us. Have a great week. We'll see you soon.